squishied it. Hello, squishies! Hello, squishies! Welcome to the Squishcast. I am Unviv. And I am Andrew. Viv, let me tell you a story. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a small boy. This small, frail boy was as tall and wide as the largest tree in the forest. He was an unemployed, married man of 40, living alone whilst tending his farm. He hadn't spoken to another person for a thousand years. Yesterday he laid an egg. He was a seahorse and he dreamed all day about balloons. But he had eaten too much toast and had the trophy to prove it. And yet, it was all just a dream. The end. Andrew, that's a terrible story. I don't like it. Oh no. It didn't make sense. But... Why would anyone want to hear this terrible story? Maybe it would bring someone joy. Despite it being bad. No. I've heard this story. That's one person too many. Do not tell anyone else the story. Don't... Wait. Is this just a segue into you talking about terrible video games again? Yes. Yes, it is, Viv. I've played more terrible games and I want to talk about them. I want to tell you everything all about them forever and ever. Will my suffering never end? Hello, Viv. Hello, Andrew. Have you, have you been well? I've been well. How have you been? So I've been, I've been all right. So I've been all right, thank you. <laughs> would, you. Would you like to talk about some video games? Sure, why not? What have you been playing? So I have gone back to The Last of Us because, of course, I have. Having finished the main story, I have now finished the DLC you left behind. So, I mean, essentially everything I've already talked about in terms of the game. But instead I get to play as early as a kid. Uh, so for context, the DLC is like a, a kind of two concurrent stories happening. And one of them is the story of Ellie as a young child. And it goes to the story of when she was bitten. And in the DLC, you meet the mysterious Riley. And it's all very cute. And I can't believe that it's so cute. And I've only played it once in my life. So I was really happy that I got to play it again. And the other story that's also happening is set in a period of the story where Joel is hurt and Ellie's looking after him but you never see that bit so in the DLC you get to see what actually happened in that time period where Ellie was looking after Joel so that's the DLC I've played it I, I literally can't believe I've only ever played it once in my life because it's so great it's really obviously dramatic and dark because it's the last of us but but also equally as incredible in the story that it tells and sets up a lot for the part two so yeah just yeah we need to play that i actually completed this in the middle of the night (laughs) of course you did (laughs) um in my defense i didn't stay up and play it i had been playing it on that day and i got to a point where i needed it was towards the end of the dlc and i just got to a point where there was a lot of enemies and I just, I no longer had the brain to complete it. So I kept dying. So I decided to stop for a bit. And then I went to bed and I actually woke up. It must have been like 3 a.m. And I just was right awake. So I sat in the living room with a cup of tea and I was like, well, well, what else really? I'll finish it now. So I'm fairly sure that my trophy popped at around 4 a.m. Nice. Did yes. uh, did Wingus and Dingus come and sit with you while you were playing? They were sitting with me. They were oh. great. Yeah, they were in one couch and I was in the other uh, they were very supportive. Aww. Yeah, so yeah, I finished it. I'm still really glad I I bought the game uh, as it's been remastered and got to play it because 
once again everything with the haptics and the visuals it really does make a, a difference and it's got a bit of more of a similar feel as the last of us part two without losing all of the original kind of stories you know they haven't added you know the prone thing as we mentioned before or anything like that they've still kept to all the original stuff but they've just made it look like part two you know if someone grabbing a copy of it now is going to have a really incredible experience and i think that i will at some point find some time to play the ps3 version because the only version i haven't played so um it's going to be interesting going from the ps5 version to the ps3 version hey, um, did you did you play the ps5 version at 60 frames yes i did so yeah. you see so you'll be you'll be going from that version to a version that very often as great as it is very often can't even hit 30 yep so i'm looking forward to that yeah uh so so yes that was uh the last of us part one left behind that's what i've been playing what have you been playing andrew i have been playing 13 okay um, oh this is the game when you showed me the cover that i couldn't say the name for some reason because my brain could not work out the roman numerals work, yeah could not work out the roman numerals when it appeared so okay. 13 thank you that's right. This was originally a game that came out in 2003, uh, made by Ubisoft. It is based on a comic book series of the same name, called 13. It was created by writer Jean Van Ham <laughs> and artist uh, William Vance. Okay. Uh, they created uh, 13. Uh, I believe there's been there's like 20, 24 issues of it. The comic book was uh, first released in 1984 and then in English in 1989. So the game came out in 2003, made by Ubisoft, was remastered and re-released in 2020 to much hatred and mockery because everyone said it looked terrible because the original game had very comic book looking graphics right, yeah. cell shaded just had a very distinct look about it and the 2020 remaster was terrible so what i'm playing is the 2022 remaster of the 2020 remaster of the 2003 game <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's fine i had the original game we'll put a picture up on on socials at some point of the uh, original xbox game and it's the same it's the same game much like you were talking about with with the last of us it's it's the same game it's not it's not different in any way so if 2003 gameplay ideals and design things is your thing or you're particularly fond of this this game then then it's good he's he's an insomniac not insomniac that's somebody who can't sleep <laughs> he's an amnesiac um you can't remember who he is, and you're just going from place to place, doing whatever the game tells you to do. And it's it's 2003 design stuff, so you'll be in one area, and then you'll get to the end of the level. You'll get your uh, achievements. Yeah, you'll get your screen at the end telling you, you know, how well you did. And then the next level will load up, and you're somewhere else, and you're like, okay, give me a minute, game. Why am I here? And then the game will explain why you're there. Well, so they haven't got that. They they don't have the the cutscene things. Like bridging the gap between right, yeah, wildly yeah, yeah. different areas. Like you'll start off on a beach, and then the next thing you'll be in some sort of snowy mountain area, and you'll it's like whiplash of like, okay, we're here now. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay, very what's, um. What's happening? That's very like uh, two thousand games, isn't it? Yeah, ab yeah, absolutely. And then off you go and murder everyone that's around. Um, it's it's fine. It's absolutely fine. If you if you liked the original 
Uh, I don't know if it's backwards compatible with the Series X, but if you have the original and you can't play it anymore, this is this is fine. Uh, the <laughs> it is funnily enough, uh, listeners. This is not part of our terrible games dis- discussion. I know. <laughs> I, I'm not hating it. I'm not hating. I'm 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 working my way through, and and it's all absolutely competent. Like nothing doesn't work. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like it all looks fine, it shoots fine, animations work. It's just all the things that's asking me fine. to do. It's all just absolutely fine. It's one of those difficult things. Like, do you want to remake something and it just exists exactly as the thing it remade, or do you want to remake it, and make it something else? And they've taken the first one, which is it's basically exactly the same. It just you can play it on modern systems and it looks slightly better. I guess. Right, yeah. I mean that's subjective. But it plays exactly the same way. So yes, I'm playing that. You can buy this new version uh, on its own as a disc that now has its own version you can buy the 2020 version which is the one that i had because it was going very cheap in the build-up to the release of the new one and didn't realize when i bought it i got a very nice steel book Ooh. a nice very white steel book which you can then do a ps5 upgrade to the new version from that so sorry microids but buying the 2020 version and then upgrading to the new version was infinitely cheaper than buying your new one outright new so yeah, if you want to, it's it's on everything. I think. Yeah, I've been playing thirteen. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I, I'm getting nostalgia from playing it twenty something years ago. Like I got it when it came out. I played it. I was like, cool. And then it's just been on my shelf for nineteen years. And oh wow! Now I'm playing it again, and presumably I'll go back on my shelf for nineteen years. I'm just glad that this new version wasn't made by Ubisoft. This is true. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. And that's what we've been playing. Viv! Yes, Andrew. Hello. I am surprised to learn that since our last episode of Terrible Games, that people haven't jumped at the chance to play any of those games. I'm sh- well, I'm shocked. Why are you shocked? Well, because I feel like it's uh, sometimes better to live vicariously through you. You know? Because also you're funnier about it. <laughs> I, I can't believe that that 50-minute rant didn't <laughs> didn't inspire anyone to play, play those games. I'm surprised that Unearth the Trial of Ibn Battuta hasn't jumped, <laughs> in, jumped in the sales charts for PS3. Yeah, that's... Just, I'm surprised no one's remaking that. Yeah, it's very upsetting to me. Yeah, just because that's what we need is we need all of those games remade, but exactly the same. Yeah. Do, do you want to hear about some more games? I would love to hear about some more games. Okay, so just to reiterate how we do this, I've taken the Metacritic scores for the PlayStation versions, which are the ones that I played, and I've listed the games in reverse order, so from the highest rated down to the lowest. Viv, I also thought that we could have our own rating system for these games and call it the three Bs. Bad, boring, or broken? And will any of these games be a triple B game? <laughs> okay. Shall we just jump straight in? Uh, with yeah, the I'm first, ready. Oh, with the first game. Feel I'm free, ready and not. <laughs> feel free to ask any questions as we go along. The first game, Viv, was Lost via Domus, which is the game based on the TV show Lost, and that had a Metacritic score for the PS3 version of 54%. Okay. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, so it was made by Ubisoft. And, yes, and released in February 2008. 
somewhere during the show's fourth season. Right about the time that no one was watching it. Yeah. So, you know, really capitalising on, on that popularity there. Via Domus sort of translates into The Way Home, uh, although every online thing that I used to translate it just said Wayhouse. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I then translated Wayhouse into, like, The Way Home. Yeah, yeah, that probably would be more appropriate. Okay, so the game is structured episodically. There are seven episodes. Okay. And in each episode, you have to complete two or three mundane tasks, and then it ends dramatically <laughs> Okay. as an episode. Did you watch Lost? Uh, some of it, yeah. Do you remember when it would do that, um, like, a big dramatic thing, and then it would cut to black, and you just see the word Lost, go, dong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. Does, it does that. Oh, God. At, at the end of each episode, you're like, <gasps> <laughs> Okay. I would kind of describe the game as playing or going to a theme park based around Lost. So you're mostly just wandering around talking to people for no reason, but it's people from the show. So you don't, it's not like Life is Strange, for example, where it's episodic and you kind of sit through some stuff and then you have tasks. Is it, you know? No, no. No. I didn't make any notes of exactly what any of the tasks were. But one of them I remember is that you had to... If you remember the show, right at the start of its storing, there was the hatch. And then when they got into the hatch, they found the room where they had to punch in all the numbers. Yeah. I think it's in the second episode. Because the first episode is just the plane crash and just helping people not die. Yeah. You do that a bit. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you save enough people from not dying. No, you say for people enough people from dying, and then and then dramatic end, and then it moves on. Right, yeah. Also, in this game, you're an amnesiac. You don't know who you are. You could be anyone. Right, but you're, okay. But you're you. Right, okay. Um. Anyway, so this episode, Hatch is still locked, so you you find an alternate route into Hatch. So you have to blow open a door. So it's just playing the game until you have dynamite to blow open the door. It's right. Really, really fun. It sounds really fun. There are bits where you have to walk through the forest and smoke monsters chasing you. Occasionally you have to go into a small clutch of trees and just wait for a smoke monster to go away and then carry on. Oh, there are the others and they shoot at you. But I found that they shot near me, so I didn't do anything about them. I just, <laughs> like, they were in trees and I was like, okay, all right, well, I'm just... <laughs> really? I'm just, just passing through. Okay. Oh, oh, no. So, oh, yeah. no. So, so they don't so actually ever hit you? Hmm, I feel like I was shot maybe twice in the game. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I had to kill s somebody once, but most of the time when I was just wandering around the forest getting to places, I didn't have to do it. And in fact, if you're going for the beach to, let's say, where the pirate ship was, where all the dynamite was, mm. you would have to go through Smoke Monster and being shot at. But actually, when you come back, if you go head back the way you came in, you'll just end up straight back at the beach. So you never have to do that journey again. Right, okay. Which really cuts down on the time the game lasts when you don't have to repeat tedious activities and they're just like, well, fuck it, let's just yeah, yeah. skip to the end. Skip to the end, let's stop giving you things to do. So, because you're an amnesiac and you don't know who you are and because the whole show was built around distrust, nobody knows who you are and nobody trusts you and therefore nobody likes you. Cool. In fact, because you spend most of the time going around talking to characters from the show, some of which are voiced by the actors from the show. Right, yeah. There was a point where I had to talk to Jack, and he just went, I don't like you, go away. <laughs> I was like, cool, thanks, thanks, Jack. Oh, no. It's nice, nice to chat to you. 
poor storytelling. Yeah. Um, it's most... just like, can't be asked to put script here as to why you're hated. So yeah. I will just make every character tell you that they hate you. Yeah, people just didn't trust you because uh, I think there was something about um, you're not on the manifest or some nonsense like that. But then you don't know who you are to be able to tell them you're on the manifest. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Most episodes end with you being knocked out. And this is the other thing. So um, the seven episodes take place over like the first 70 days of the show. And each episode moves the story forward in time. Right. But it does mean because most episodes end with you being knocked out, <laughs> that it's ridiculous. So let's say, for example, at the, end of, days. at the end of episode six, you break into the other's camp at some point. For some reason. Right. I can't remember. And you get darted in the back of the neck and fall unconscious. Right. And this is on day 46. And then you wake up at the beginning of episode 7. For you, one slow load later. And it's day 67. So you've been unconscious for 23 days. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And stuff just keeps changing. So, as I said, the the first part of the game... Can I ask? Sorry. You're unconscious... For 23 mm-hmm. days, and you mm-hmm. kind of just wake up in the forest again, exactly. We know. Uh, mm, I feel like in that one, you woke up in a cell, so you'd probably been looked after. Okay, I was going to say, because bloody hell, that's that's a long shot to expect someone to believe that you were fine just sleeping I mean, for 23 days. I mean, even then, like if you're, if you're somebody that darts somebody in the back of the neck and they don't wake up for 23 days, you'd be like, oh, are we the bad guys? <laughs> yeah. So the, the beginning of the game starts on... Uh, the plane crash, and you go off and help people. And then, I can't remember why you get knocked unconscious the end of that episode. Then the second episode starts, and it's days later, and the camp's been built. And the game keeps doing this? I guess it makes sense if you religiously watch the show, and knew everything about the show, and you were fanatical about the show, and you could tell where this fit in. But I'm playing this now, some 14 years later, and it's just nonsense. Like, there's uh, there's a bit where you talk to Sun... And she's talking to Korean to you, and you have no idea what she's saying. And then the just next next episode, she's speaking English, and it's just fine. And you're like, "Well, that's come out of nowhere in this game." This is lazy it storytelling because you can't, yeah, it, you don't want to write that in between, and you don't want to make a cutscene. So, well, you no, because it exists in the TV show. So, yeah, you know, but you know, you please, can't. Please revert to the TV show. It. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it doesn't make any sense. You can't just like get someone unconscious every time you want to move the story along. They're literally the laziest way. To tell a story, just go, oh, no, you didn't see this bit because you were asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't count because you're unconscious. Yeah. We're just going to move everything around for a second. All right, you go unconscious. Three, two, one. All right, 23 yeah. days later, you're in a cell. Thank you. Yes. There were, there were definitely bits of the game that I looked up a guide for because... Because uh, fuck it, it. Particularly stuff when you're in Hatch and you have to do bits and pieces and you have to open and close doors and use a UV light to find a map and then there's some right. bullshit you have to do with the map. And I was like... This game isn't telling me I have to open and close doors to find a map. <laughs> so I was going to say, it sounds like the sort about. of thing that if it was a game that was well done, you could have a situation like a Resident Evil situation where you're kind of walking around and solving problems. But because you don't have that, it's just like, a, a long, again, a long shot for them to yeah. be like, oh, yeah, no, you're supposed to do this. And Most of the game... <laughs> Most of the game, when you're wandering around, you can just pick up empty empty water bottles and coconuts. So I had lots of coconuts. And there's a point in the game in which uh, the character Sawyer, if you remember him, I with, do, the, yeah. with the long hair and slightly disreputable, he would sell you a gun for 25 coconuts. And for the life of me, I couldn't work out what Sawyer would ever want 25, 25 coconuts, coconuts for. And what he would do with them. 
Yeah, you dumb. I don't know. At the end of episode four, when I got knocked unconscious and then woke up in episode five, <laughs> they had stolen all of my coconuts and water bottles. Oh, and, I, no. and I just made a note in my thing going, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been picking up a lot of coconuts and water bottles and they took them all. The game is just like, oh, have this, no, crawl unconscious. It, it's, it, it's, it's surprisingly tedious. Um, there, uh, The other part of the game is remembering who you are in that way that lost would have all these flashbacks to who the characters were in their previous life you the tv show i mean yeah the, the game does that you find torn up photos and you look at them and then it transports you into the the moment that that photo was taken and you can find a way to stand in the place where the original photo was taken to take the photo and then the character goes of course like that means anything and then the, the, you and, know what? <laughs> sorry and yeah. that's how he, and that's how he remembers do you know goes, what that is that what? of course whatever that photo that is um you know when we went to watch da vinci code as a, in the theater mm-hmm. and every time they needed to solve a problem somebody would just like stop dramatically you know put a, put a dramatic pause and then would just like kind of squint and bring their face together and go ah i've got it kind of thing yeah that is this game's version of that they yeah. just go of course of course they're oh. all along <laughs> oh yeah yeah now i've remembered where i was taking that picture yeah i remember the entire context of this one moment i can't remember anything that happened after it though but yeah this one moment yep now I remember of course all of that of course <laughs> um so if you're ever curious to find out the story of this amnesiac man and his tedious miserable life this is the this is the game for you but well then um, however mm-hmm. out of the three b's then oh it gets one b okay it gets, it gets boring. boring yeah it's not bad because it has graphics and sound and acting that all function and it's not broken because it's the game loaded and worked and I didn't fall out of the world at any point, like physically. Yeah. So it was just boring. It's really boring. There's literally nothing to do. There was no reward for doing anything in this TV show simulator that wasn't just following what needed to be done. Like, right, yeah. You you weren't going off and discovering something about a thing that had happened in the TV show that gives you more interest in that, or you didn't get to spend time with these characters outside of the critical story. Like, they stopped existing if it wasn't something to do with the main quest which well, just there's, there's nothing to discover in that there's nothing interesting and fun it didn't tell me anything new about the world or the characters at all it just existed and then it ended and i was grateful uh yeah i mean that sounds exhausting to be honest okay so lost gets one b for being very boring what else have you been playing andrew next on the list with 51 percent for the PS3 version is Duke Nukem Forever I had some moaning Uh, about this at some point so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about this yeah this was made by Gearbox and released in June 2011 some version of Duke Nukem Forever had been in development for 14 years oh wow I think it was about 15 years since the last game by the time this one came out, but it had been in development for 14 years and some months. And until recently, was the Guinness record holder for game longest in development. <laughs> but uh, Ubisoft's Beyond Good and Evil 2 has recently beaten that at the beginning of October. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's now been in development longer. Bless Gearbox. Because yeah, they've made some so good games, but Duke Nukem is not. I, I would... I, I would refute your claim they've made borderlands and then a lot of terrible games 
I mean, they featured right, so on the... Uh, basically, they feature- but there's a lot of Borderlands games that they've made. True. They featured on the last list with uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines. I made that as well, which was terrible. Right. Going back in time, the 14, 15 years prior to this, takes us back to 96, 97, to a 14, 15-year-old little Andrew who played the previous game, Duke Nukem 3D, on his computer. I don't think I ever finished it. Maybe I only had the shareware version of Duke 3D. Duke Nukem 1 and 2 were side-scrolling platform games, and then Duke Nukem 3D was obviously a 3D thing, and they were capitalising on the post-Doom first-person shooter thing. And Duke 3D is not bad. I have since finished it. It was maybe five, six years ago when the Megaton edition came out for PS3 and Vita, and I played it all on, on the Vita and actually played it all the way through and really enjoyed it. After Duke 3D, they were going to make Duke Nukem Forever, and I think they first announced it in 98, and then literally every time they showed off the game to anyone and people went, that looks really good, they were like, yeah, we're going to change the game engine and just start it all again. Oh, wow. In fact, uh, once you once you finish Duke Nukem Forever, in the extras menu, you can watch all of the trailers they ever released. Oh, wow. So you can start from 98 and then sort of work through up until uh, 2010. And sometimes it looks really good, and then sometimes it looks like how it released. But they all look so different. Like, none of them really share much in common, except maybe a bit of Las Vegas. Las Vegas always seemed to be part of the story in some way. The game looks terrible. I seem to remember playing a demo of this when the game was first released uh, back in 2011 and thinking it looked awful at the time. And that that opinion really hasn't changed. Right, uh, so actually all. it's not that... Maybe there was the capability to make it look better than they just haven't. Yeah, I just, I th- I just think all of their choices just made it look like a well it sounds like they can't make choices and that's why it looked bad because you know if you're holding on to a game for so long and you keep changing the engine and restarting it that you can't really make a decision to stick with make using like the most of an engine to create a game you just kept changing it so okay to clarify that sorry i never finished that story so um the game duke 3d was made by a company called 3d realms and they were developing duke nukem forever up until about 2008 when eventually all the money people went fuck this shit we've been paying all this money and nothing's been made and then gearbox bought the license to duke nukem they just basically bought the entire property outright i'm like we'll do this they knocked this shit out in like two years Uh, with some of the some of the devs who had worked at 3D Realms carried on and moved with it, uh, but the original creators who had floundered for so long didn't come with it, so they weren't involved. Gearbox weren't the originators of it; they just bought bought the game, and and then right, yeah. It. So it would actually um, get made, basically. Yeah, it took them two years. I think it, I think that's probably maybe that's what it is. Then, like they just wanted it to come out. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, literally up until the day it came out, everyone was really excited, really wanted to play Duke Nukem Forever. And then everyone played Duke Nukem Forever, and everyone went, I wish this game didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, Which, I guess know, they'd invested so much money, they might as well just get it out. This game is this game is awful, and I hate this game. Mm, okay. Everyone in this game, every single character, is appalling in this game. Like, the whole tone of this game is, like, I described as dumb fuck bro. Right. Like, where, like, boobs and wee-wee are funny. If you find a toilet, you can do a wee in it. Oh, okay. Um, Right at the beginning of the game, you can walk into a toilet and you can look at the toilet and go, there's a poo, and then you can pick up the poo and then you can throw the poo around. Oh, my God. You, you get a trophy for that. 
Oh, well. Okay. You re- re- rewarded. You are rewarded for but your poo-throwing. boobs and wee-wee thing. Yeah. So okay. it's that kind of level. Like, but the thing is, Duke is supposed to be this parody of like 80s and 90s action heroes. These ultra-bro, muscly, dumb fuck kind of people. You know the kind of heroes that I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you 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 can see it from the main character, yeah. the images. Yeah. But that only works if everyone else is just a normal person, and then you're comparing and contrasting this ridiculous main character against normal people. But yeah. it's not funny if everyone else is worse than he is. So the game starts with you just replaying the end of the previous game, whilst twin girls are filleting Duke. Right. That's how that's how the game starts. So you play a game and then you stop playing the game and then these two girls arise from your lap and then you find out that the aliens from the first game have returned and you walk through Duke's big palatial mansion in Vegas and eventually you get to a point where you have a conversation with the president and the president just in his abusive appalling way just essentially says, Duke, don't do anything. We've got this under control. They haven't done anything yet. They're just here. Don't fucking do anything and ruin this. So you immediately go up to the roof and start shooting things and start a war. And I know this because I went up with the knowledge that the president had told me not to do anything. And I sat there and I did nothing. And the ships just fly around to do nothing at all until you fire. The moment you fire, they return fire and the game starts. I don't know how long that would last because I got bored. <laughs> yeah. But I think I sat for like two minutes with nothing happening in the game. So the whole game revolves around the fact that you make that decision to start this war. And then everyone's really angry about the aliens. And you're like, mm, it's kind of Duke's fault here. I just, I, I find it's that so, like a, it's it, a weird choice to make. It's a very us. weird choice. I mean, I understand that there are things that people have to do to move the story along but yeah i don't know you yeah, know because like, because we've played the games and it's like you never really had a choice in the first place like this is going to happen regardless so i mean it's not the worst thing but i mean it's just like i'm sure like one thing on top of a million things that were wrong with this game yeah, but it's not the greatest choice though Na- narratives narratives work an interactive narrative where you're supposed to role-playing as the main character work best when you are emotionally involved in the thing that you're trying to achieve Duke Nukem is just it's just a thing that happens and I have started a war and now I am being treated like some sort of hero for going around and killing aliens and I'm like I don't really get this it's the thought of like romanticizing this idea of like the American boy you know with the girls and the guns and like it's very much that it sounds like something that ubisoft would have made basically like in that like boyish like boys will be boys and boys just want girls that don't care about them and they just shoot you know like this like real like epitome of american white guy thing that you just used to see a lot in old films and just everything is what this game sounds like yeah, they've well, made it. Speaking of Ubisoft and the last game, there's a part in this game where uh, Duke gets knocked out. I can't remember exactly what happened. And then uh, a dream slash fantasy sequence happens. Uh, and you have a task to find three items. You have to find some popcorn. You have to find a dildo. 
You have to find a condom. This was right. also the section where I, I, I sent you a, a screenshot of, uh, of a poster. Yes, I do have this poster, Andrew. I will read it out. So the poster has got legs of a woman. She's naked. You can just see from the waist down. And she is holding her crotch area. And there is a tampon string coming out from between her fingers. So she's... I don't know, holding her tampon in? Who knows? Yeah, you, see, you see it from behind, don't you? So you see yeah, you see it from behind, yeah. And the title of it says... This is the name of uh, the strip club that you're, that you're in that this fantasy dream sequence takes place in. Okay, that's very uh, original. It's called Titty City. And then the poster says, Tampon night. Every 15th and 30th of the month, it's time to soak up the juice. Ugh. Bring one tampon, get half off cover. Bring a box of tampons, get free cover. This is disgusting. This yeah. is vile. Yeah. It's absolutely vile. Yeah. Um. Uh. Along. It was along not a single lines. woman making this thing. Surely. Uh, if there was, they didn't have a voice in the room. Uh, you know, when you have loading screens in games, they often have little hints and tips about the game and things yep. you should do. This has things like, if you find yourself dying, stop getting shot, things like that, because... Bros. Uh, but they had two that I wrote down that I'm going to read to you. you. You're looking forward to this. This is kind of the level uh, that this game has. So one of them is, don't forget, if you get stuck, you can cheat by looking up FAQs online. So the game, wow. also, the game also hates you. And then there was another one. You can slap wall boobs because most girls don't like it when you slap theirs. Oh my god! Yeah, that actually says that. How are, pe a, how are these people not screen. being sued for sexes? I don't understand. How is this even allowed? It's ridiculous. I mean, it was released in 2011. This would not be something that people were focusing on then. It's very much a being you know it was still one it wasn't okay then but it wouldn't have been something that anyone would have done anything about would you permit me to say something positive about this game sure there are moments where you get shrunk down to tiny size so you know maybe the size of a phone or something like that and there are environmental puzzle solving things you have to do so you climb inside things or there's a, a an entire sequence in like an industrial kitchen at a like a restaurant or something like that. when they you know the kind of big kitchen yeah and there's a woman in a normal sized woman in the in the room and there's an electrical wire hanging down and the floor's covered in water and it's electrocuted and she can't get out so you as a tiny duke have to environmental puzzle your way around this kitchen to get to the point where you can turn off the electricity to save the woman and those moments where you're tiny duke doing environmental puzzle solving around areas big spaces or inside smaller spaces were the most interesting levels in the game because it was something different to the rest of the game i mean it's not it takes two levels of ingenuity right yeah but it was really as good or as fun as that as duke nukem forever got like it was the time that i felt myself most involved and most actively paying attention to what i was doing rather than just shooting things and speaking of shooting things now that i've done a positive back to the negatives viv you can only carry two weapons at any one time now this is fairly standard for video games certainly in the post halo first person shooter world but duke nukem 3d you had uh, had a whole plethora of weapons at your disposal at all times i think it was like nine weapons or something maybe more oh, wow. so you could pick and choose but you'd always have what you needed and i just i hated having two weapons certainly something like the rocket launcher only had five 
rockets that you could have at any one time. So, so if you can't... it's like reloading and... Yeah, but only if you can find ammo to do that. I did not like only two weapons. That was bad. That was not a Duke game. That's not how Duke is. Duke has lots of weapons. Be like doing a... Basically like a Duke Nukem game, but not being a Duke Nukem game. You're probably going to ask me about the B rating, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like to read out the two notes that I'd uh, I- I'd written after the Tiny Duke praise? So boring. Why is it boring? Yeah. Yeah, this this game is phenomenally tediously boring. Oh, oh dear. Um, weird. That sounds sh- like it. Sounds like lots. it's boring, and then also there's just like uh, things that happen that when it does move you is for all the wrong reasons. Because oh yeah, it's I was being stupid. M- mostly angry and frustrated whenever I had any strong emotion to this to this game. The whole thing just sounds bad and boring. Yes. So it was. It, they had two Bs. It is bad and boring. Wowzers. Yeah. Boo to that game. Boo to Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. Okay. Next game. Next game. Next game. The next game is Mind Jack, which has a Metacritic score of 44% for the PS3 version. Mm. I also need to point out this was a gift from our friend Lap. Oh, thanks, Lap. This was made by Feel Plus and released in January 2011. Another 2011 oh, jo- yeah, gem. Still- you will see a few recurring dates. Oh, this, really? <laughs> uh, and this was published by Square Enix. Square Enix. Uh, yes. Uh, Phil Plus was absorbed into its parent company, AQ Interactive, in 2010 and sort of no longer exists as its own entity. Phil Plus sounds like the company that makes tampons or pads. Oh, I was going to say medication to make you feel better. But, yeah, vitamins. Phil Plus. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, this... This this game is yes. This game is a whole thing. So the central gimmick of this game is that you can mind hack into other characters, which I assume they wanted people to use during combat. Be like, well, let's just hack into someone with more power or right. whatever, or and use hack, that to hack, win. Hack it, hack into a big robot. I, there was a brief bit where I hacked into a gorilla. Ooh, cool. Um, and then it immediately died, so that wasn't much use. But the problem is that if you leave the player character or the AI companion and they both get downed, it's game over. So it's actually, you don't want to leave It's actually not a nice feature, right? But if you are playing the main character and you are downed, I guess the other idea is that you can then hack into an NPC, get them to run over, quickly revive you and carry on so that it's not game over. Which sounds good. That sounds like it would be helpful. Yeah, it sounds like it, yeah. The game gives you five seconds to do this. So in the midst of a, a firefight, when you're downed, you have five seconds to hold down the button to come out as a ghost, look around the battlefield to find someone that's nearby to you, fly over to them, hack into them, then get them to run back to where you were and hold down the revive button. Five seconds. Oh, yep, oh, never that never once ridiculous. achieved that. Ever. Of course not. It's impossible. Yeah. I wonder if they have a way of telling it that people haven't used it. This failed function. So the general story of this nonsense is that you are some sort of government agency type man. And the game starts and you're following someone and you're supposed to be stealthily following this person. And the game isn't built around being stealthy. And I know this because I played it like I would play a stealthy game and I hid behind a billboard and watched them and waited till they moved so I could run a little bit further and hide again. Fair. And they just they just stood there until I walked up to them and then they carried on moving. Oh, um, okay. yeah. Cool. So anyway, you follow this idiot through an airport for a bit 
and then there's a cutscene. And in the cutscene, your boss on your phone is like, okay, very important. Do not intervene in this. This is what we're here for. Do not get involved. We need information. And your character's like, the hell with that, man? I'm getting involved. And goes in and kills the person that you're following who they were meeting. Right. And that sets the whole thing in motion where you're just being chased by some government agency being like, hey, you done killed a man. And we're going to chase you and that woman for doing the murder. And then you have to clear your name for whatever reason. This just sounds like you're talking about Duke Nukem again. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Um, it's the same sort of uh, thing. Like a guy who's like, hey, man. Like yeah. a dude, like a dude, and then he just goes, don't do this, and they go, fuck that, I know better. That's about as much as I can tell you about the story, because then it is just following what the uh, the woman says, as she's like, yeah, we need to do this, do this, do this, to clear our names, and then you just follow along and kill everyone on the, on the way between the beginning of the game and the end of the game. Just kill everyone, and that's it. Cool. This game is infuriating, and I fucking hated it. Wow. It's by no means the worst game. Again, it functions. It's just shit. It's just fucking shit. Wow. There was a boss fight with a robot. And I started the fight and I destroyed its arm cannon. And then I could not tell if I was doing any more damage to it. And there were just waves of enemies coming from all over the place. And some of them can one-shot kill you. And it's just a fucking nightmare. And I just didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Was I supposed to kill all of the waves of enemies? And would that stop the mech? Or did I have to kill the mech and the then all the waves? Would stop, right. Uh, it was ended up being both, and it took me a long time to do this. I don't think I did it in one sitting. I think I did it over a couple of days. Wow. Because oh, it was wow. just one of those things that just annoyed the shit out of me. And it's hard to explain how ineffectual the weapons can sometimes feel. Like, sometimes you can feel absolutely in charge. You're like, headshot, headshot, headshot. And sometimes you're like, headshot, please, please, please. Oh, no, <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm dead. Oh, no. I fin eventually finished this fight, and I was so fucking relieved that i'd got through it and i continued along the path that i had to go through so i went through a door and then it was like a series of corridors and i turned the corridor and was one shot killed by somebody i didn't even see and then the checkpoint was before the fucking met fight <gasps> had to do it again oh so no. so many times this game checkpoints you before a massive fight and not after it so if you if you die directly after finishing yeah, the fight like the, oh god the the, no. the, the, the checkpointing in this game is atrocious. That is um, horrific. Yeah. <laughs> After you kill the mech, the player character says, you're discontinued. And I very loudly told him to fuck off. <laughs> wow. Um, the, yeah, this whole game is unfair and it's tedious. I mean, it yeah, just, that's, that's, that's quite a lot. It really is just no fun to play. Because right. sometimes games can be fun where like the, the lowest grunts are just really easy and you can like pop, 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 pop. Yes, it's good. And then you have like a more challenging fight. But there, there was no balance between those two things in this game that it just all felt it unpleasant. Was, right, yeah. And one of the other things, and I think this kind of speaks to how poorly the game was made. All the levels are split up into smaller chunks, which makes sense. It's a PS3 era console game. But every time the game would load you into a new little area, it would reset all of your weapons. So you oh, would maybe so it walk... wouldn't carry what you already nope. had. Or... So if you if you did a big fight. And you killed everything and you went around and picked up the best weapon that was there and all the ammo and all the grenades. And you're like, I am fully stocked for whatever comes next. And then walk through a door to a loading screen. When it gets finished as loading, you are then back to just the uh, standard starting. Oh, the default starting, one. Yeah, with no grenades or anything. Oh, 
That's so every long. single time. And I genuinely think the only reason this happens is because they couldn't be bothered to program into using memory for the game to remember what you had. And it was just easier for them to go, oh, fuck it, just, just give them the starting stuff again. Every That's single time. so long. I mean, I can't believe, though, that out of all the things that you've said, that people are not being convinced to play these games. I think this would be the one that I would, of all of the ones in this episode, that I would actively tell people never to play. Well, yeah. I mean, it I sounds this, really bad. Like, and this isn't even the lowest on the list, but this is the one that I'd be like, you do not play this. You will be... It's a, it's it's a shit... Too, it's it, too long and it's unpleasant. And, and it's, it's a terrible game that is like... Uh, some Because some games can be fun to play because they're terrible. Yeah. Because we'll this one just sounds like a terrible, terrible, terrible game. Yeah. So how many Bs has it got? It, this gets two Bs. It's bad and broken. Yeah. Uh, it's broken because cause it keeps reloading all your weapons, the fucking bastard. <laughs> all right, moving on to the next one. Okay. Next next gem, please. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy this one. This is this is nice. This will be nice and quick. The next is Alakine's gun. Alakine's gun. Alakine's gun. Alakine's, Apolo- I would say. I apologies to Russian speakers for yeah. however poorly we've pronounced that, uh, which has a Metacritic of 36% for the PS4 version, Mm. uh, which was another gift from LAP. This was made by Maximum Games and released in March of 2016. Uh, Maximum Games are mostly publishers. They're still going strong and involved in a lot of really great games. The intro movie of this starts with very, very boring narration, a lot of bad acting, and the cutscenes are sort of barely animated still images. Mm, Okay, cool. Anyway, that's cool. that's the that's the review of that game. <laughs> wow. Okay. Its B rating is broken because I was unable to play this game, despite being a 2016 game, and despite my inherent flaws as a gamer, it has no inverted look option. Oh no! Oh, that's, that's a no-no for you. If you want an idea of what the game is, it's basically uh, Hitman. If the first letter of that game was S, so. <laughs> You just got that, thank you. Yes, thank you. I was like, my brain was like, wait, what? what if I replace it, sit man. Oh, <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> because you're doing stealth takedowns, the ability to look correctly in an emergency when it inevitably goes horribly wrong after you've thrown a screwdriver at some idiot's head, like you need that. So I, I couldn't control the game at all. Well, um, so it kind of becomes impossible for you. It'd yeah, be like me trying to play a game when it is inverted. I, I just can't yeah. do it. My brain doesn't behave in that way. What is the game about, very quickly? I'm just going to remember this off the top of my head. Alekin's Gun is a third-person stealth action video game set during World War II and the Cold War developed and published by Maximum Games. It is the third instalment in the series that began with Death to Spies and which was followed by its sequel, Death to Spies Moment of Truth developed by Haggard Games and released in 2007 and 2009, respectively. Anakin's Gun features open maps with multiple methods to complete levels. The plot features around historical events such as the Bay of Pigs invasion and the assassination of US President John F. Kennedy. Okay, boring. Next. Yeah. Wait, what the bees? Bees, how many broken. bees? Just broken. Just broken. Because I couldn't play it. A modern game with without, no inverted look. Without settings. Tut, tut. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Next game. Next game. Next is Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn, with a Metacritic score of just 36% mm. for PS4. And it was made by Big D's Productions and released in June 2018. 
Did you want to mention this was also given to you by Lap? Yes, this was also given to me by Lap. <laughs> thanks, Lap, thanks, <laughs> for thanks, the Lap. third time Thank in you. this episode. Thank you so much for your contribution. <laughs> um, I couldn't find much information about Big D's. Um, they don't seem to have a website or anything, and this seemingly might be their only game. Maybe forever. Hmm. Maybe this, for a reason. Yeah, this is the second Shaq Fu game, with the original being a standard fighting game in the vein of Street Fighter. Whereas this is a largely racist side-scrolling beat-em-up. Um, oh, and, okay, it's, cool. and, it's, and it's awful. It's simplistic to the point of meaninglessness. There's no challenge at all right, at okay. any point. Beginning to end. Challengeless. A challengeless game of beating up racial minorities. Stereotypical, racistly stereotypical minorities. If you, if you can think of the most offensive stereotype for a, a group of people, that's how they're presented in this. Wow. I will go with white people so that I don't sound quite as racist as this game. When you have a level in France, everyone's carrying baguettes and has berets and striped shirts, that kind wow. of... Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. So try and extrapolate that into levels set in Asia or Africa. Okay. <sighs> Wow, okay. I don't want um, to. No, good. The story basically is that some fucking idiot comes along and kills your Kung Fu master and then you tediously go through a bunch of levels to get revenge or whatever. Well, at the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some lady in the, the something to... I think her butt was the villain and she had an angry butt or whatever. I can't really remember. It was all so... So mm. just nothing. <laughs> I, I wrote a note here saying... If you're being kind, you could say it looks nice, but that would require you to look at it. <laughs> uh, when you say it looks nice, you mean like just uh, like visually, I mean, other I than the actual content itself. I don't necessarily think that the animation style and presentation is unattractive. Right. Aside from what the animation actually presents, I think the quality of it is fine. You could look at a still, potentially, and just say, looks all right. Mm, yeah. But as I say, you'd have had to have looked at that still to, to make that decision. There is some DLC for this game that came out. <sighs> Do I want to know? You get to play as Barack Obama. Of course, right. And uh, you go up and have to fight Kanye West. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too much. That is too much. A president against wannabe president, that kind of thing. Yeah, oh. that was basically the story. Oh, um, how did I guess? Yeah, I'm shocked. It's my very core. Uh, yeah, uh, as I say, there's there's no difficulty. It's just move forward, punch a thing, it dies. Keep doing that until the end of the game. So how many Bs would you give this one? I give it one. It's just bad. It, it functions. Right. I guess it's not boring. I mean, it's short enough to you don't really get to the point of it being boring. Right, yeah. So Maybe. just bad. Yeah, I think it's just bad. Okay. I think it's just bad. All right, next one. Right. Next we have... The Quiet Man. Oh, no. I, you see, this is going to be really painful to talk about because you told me about this game when we were at EGX. Yeah. And it just is really awful. Uh, yeah. And I can see that out of all the games that you've played, this is the one that's got the most amount of notes as well. <laughs> it's literally like bullet point upon bullet point. So uh, let's have at it. And apologies to anyone, everyone in the world. Uh, but especially those that are... I'm going to say hard of hearing. I'm thinking uh, this game gets it confused, but um, we're very sorry that this game exists. Yeah. 
that The Quiet Man has a Metacritic score of 28%. That's too high. For the PS4 That's version. too high. It was made by Human Head Studios and released in November of 2018. Oh, that's recent. that's very recent. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Human Head Studios, they made the original and good Prey game back in the, back in the day for the 360. I think it might have been a launch title for the should 360. Have, it should have stuck with monsters. Um, it closed down in 2019. Well, I'm shocked. I hope it was because they made this this game. I, I think it was. Insensitive um, pieces of shit. Uh this was also published by Square Enix Viv. Oh, oh, interesting. The game doesn't have any text menus. Everything is symbols. Right. So, you know, when you go into the menus, you have to spend a little time working out what they mean before you can use them. Right, okay. Which is mostly just trial and error. Just be aware of that if you play the game. Let's get the main thing out of the, out of the way. The hook of this game is the main character that you play is Death. They sold this game on that you cannot hear anything in this game. That all sounds are muffled to put you in the place of this deaf main character. And that was the that's the gist of the game. So a lot of these notes I knew that going in. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah. So the opening cutscene you can hear everything. You can hear all of the sound effects. There's a man that the main character stops at who's selling food, and the man speaks to speaks to the, the, the main character, calls him Kid, and Kid nods in understanding of what's been said to him. So it's like, okay. So the game this starts... Do you use the, the deaf man? Yep. He, yep. Nods, he was spoken right. to by the food cart man, and he nods like, yes, thank you. And the game continues to have sound, through the cutscenes up until the point in the next scene where the kid taps his ear to indicate that he is deaf and then all the sound goes away. Oh, oh cool. Cool. You beat up some men who try and attack you and then you beat up a lot more men in an apartment to get a briefcase. I don't know why. Right. You then take this briefcase to give to a black man who is in some sort of club, he's in one of those you can imagine the kind of big office rooms that you see in media when people are sort of crime boss people. So you go and meet this man and there's a really long excruciatingly long silent cutscene where kid and black man have a conversation and it just happened. The whole thing happens as if they're just as if we can hear it, but we can't hear it. And then there's a flashback, and uh, a young version of the black guy is having a fight with a Latino guy over some shoes, and then a woman is killed, and it's inferred that it's Kid's mum. Right, okay. Then, the black guy gives Kid a letter, but we as the audience aren't allowed to read it. Okay, so you can't hear what's being said. Yes. Seemingly because... You're now deaf, and yes. then you can't read the letter that's just been passed along. Yes, and it's the letter reasons. that propels the story for the rest of the game. But we, as players, do not know what that content is. So everything that happens thereafter, you are just endlessly trying to infer information to from what you're seeing, if you are paying enough attention to actually watch it during these long cutscenes, rather than, as I start to do, just check my phone during them all of my notes at the beginning are just re referring to the main character as kid because you hear the food cart man calling him kid as just like yeah. a ter term of infection hey here's your food kid so it's like 
as good a name as any. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who the black man is. I don't know who the Latina man is. There's a woman who is dating black man who looks exactly like Kid's dead mum. And she's she is a club singer. And we know that because we see her at the club at a piano ready to do some singing. The other thing is uh, Kid can lip read. So a lot of these cutscenes, Kid is being spoken to. And you can see Kid nodding or responding. There's even a cutscene at one point where Kid verbally replies to someone. And you can see his lippity lips going all flippity flap. So the problem for everyone, I would say, with the deaf silence mechanic is that we're not being forced into kids' shoes because kid can understand the world. We're being... You're being excluded from that because yes. they're not giving you an alternative. Which implicitly implies that deaf people don't understand the world. By being deaf, they cannot understand meaning and understanding of the events around them because they're deaf that's that's the only context or the only thing that i, I mean, can take either, from what from this gimmick either is that, that like people don't understand the world either that or because they're making kid respond clearly he's still having this interaction what they're doing is they're doing it so you know as the man who's deaf can still interact but then he's excluding the player from understanding what that means because technically he is interacting from what you're saying, so clearly he is interacting with the world and doing things, but you can't know what that is as a player. Yes, it makes it very difficult to watch these cutscenes because you don't have any information as to why the game's taking place. There's nothing you can do in those cutscenes. It's not like you're looking for clues. If we knew what the context of the letter was, then you can play the game and then you're looking for visual clues and you're looking for the way that people are reacting because you've got information to start with that you're then saying okay what does this mean in context to what i understand as to what this story is and what i'm doing but because you don't have any context it's just things that are happening and you're like i don't get this there's a there's a they keep going doing flashbacks and you meet this detective at some point and kid is sitting near to where his mum was shot and the detective's sitting there you know patting him on the back and talking to him you know he was the policeman that was there when kid's mum died and they have a, a connection so you see keep seeing detective turn up and he's there at the end there are other bits and pieces i said that the mum clone is a club singer she gets kidnapped by a person wearing a plague doctor mask and then kid runs off following that and some fights happen and then a series of more fights happen basically the, the 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 gist of the gameplay is you get into an area you fight between three and ten people and then you get a long cutscene, and then you fight some more three to ten people. Nice. And the cool. cutscene, that's yep. basically it. Wow. Um, there are times when cutscenes where mouths are completely obscured when people are talking. I don't understand. It's not a benefit to us. It's not trying. Yeah, it's just. It sounds yeah. like the, like that they were just these are like developing stuff. Like they would have like some of the D's that were on the table that they should have dispelled because they should be talking to people who have to, uh, who who this is how they communicate. It sounds like they just had these ideas of what it was like and they just put it all into a game. Like things are happening where you just can't hear or you don't understand or you like their mouth, you can't see their mouths and therefore you don't know what's going on. That's, that's awful. There's a note here I said, uh, Kid somehow misremembered who shot his mum. But not over time, seemingly immediately, he saw the black guy, his friend slash boss or whoever, shoot his mum. And then forgot and misremembered it as the Latino guy having done it, which is why oh, he hates God. the Latino guy. The, yeah, oh, that is bad. Yeah, that is really bad. That is so racist. So towards the end of the game, when you're going to finish 
the story and rescue clone mum and you go to the final building where you have to fight your way up to the boss you go with cop dad and you do a bit of fighting and then he gets shot and then he gives you the uh, plague doctor mask and then you get to the final final boss and the kid gets shot he gets shot twice in the back in a cutscene <laughs> and then i just wrote oh it's okay he's fine now he has superpowers or something and he puts the plague mask plague doctor mask on and the eyes are all glowing and he has supernatural powers which come out of nowhere and are never mentioned again mm, cool. Cool, cool and cool. then cop dad comes back and then he puts on the plague doctor mask and he was plague doctor all along and he's fine and then the final boss is fighting your dad oh oh well and then i just wrote why any of this <sighs> just that's so much so the other thing viv and this is this is the point where your mouth dropped in yeah. shock yeah. when we were talking about this at EGX. Yeah, this is the worst of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, for, everyone. For completing the game, oh. you you oh. are you are rewarded by being able to replay this fucking mess, but with all the audio restored. <sighs> fucking idiots! I swear to God. And this feature did not even launch with the game, Viv. This oh. was this was patched in hastily a week later. After everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" Ask the game. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, would you would you like some context for some of the nonsense that I've been talking about? Uh, it's, it's, it's not very much. Yeah. So, clone mum is called Lala, and she is a club singer. Okay. And she has orchestrated this entire kidnapping because she can't sing anymore, and sort of believes what the, what's the fucking point in her because she can't sing. The letter that we can't read is. A letter that she sent to the club saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kidnap Lala." Nah, essentially. Yeah. So, kid reading this letter about, "Hey, I'm gonna kidnap Lala," he and um, the the black guy are like, "Right, we need to, we need to protect her and look after her." So, the whole rest of the game is you looking after, protecting, following, chasing down, killing people to save Lala from a an event that she. Orchestrated, orchestrated herself. Orchestrated, uh, yeah, by herself. So the kid is called Dane, we discover. And Cop Dad is actually his dad, his real biological father, and is helping Lala because he misses his dead wife. Also, Aviv, I discovered, because uh, you had issues with the game called, being called The Quiet Man, um, because we yeah. assumed it was in reference to Dane himself. But The Quiet Man is the name of the Plague Doctor character. So when Dane had some sort of mental breakdown after seeing his mum shot to death in front of him, he created this Plague Doctor character called The Quiet Man. Which is a really shitty name to give a game when the main character is deaf. Yeah. Because that is su such bad... You can infer such nonsense from that title. Especially if you only manage to get through it once. Just because you are deaf or hard of hearing does not mean you can't speak. Ah, oh, that's so bad. That's so insensitive, the whole thing. Can I read you something whilst you're... Or is there more? There's a little bit more. Right. Um, do you remember what I was saying about uh, Cop Dad comforting you after your mum was shot? Yeah. Yeah, sound version, mm, not so much. He uh, He's actually just blaming you entirely, uh, saying this is an all entirely Dane's fault. He hates Dane. Dane made this happen. Dane is the reason why, um, why his lovely wife and Dane's mama is dead. And he hates the kid for being deaf too. So, so, when, so, you, so when you're fighting uh, Cop Dad at the, at the end... It is still because Cop Dad blames Dane uh, for everything uh, that had happened. But then, Viv... Oh, that's more. But then, Viv, 
having played it a second time, you are treated at the end of the game to a new previously unseen cutscene where Dane is released from prison for something and Cop Dad is there to meet him and they have a bit of a, a bit of a joke about about everything that's just that's just happened and it seems like um you know, they might resolve their father son son issues. No. The fuck? And, and everything about all those people that they that they murdered. That's that's let's just forget about that. That is yeah. so bad. Yeah. That is so bad. The whole journey of this game is so bad. It's, and that you yeah. have to play it twice yeah. and then be able to hear it to then get this extra cutscene. Yeah, it's weird that the actual story with that you can hear is actually worse than the terrible version you imagine the game was when you couldn't hear it. Because you so. tried to make it better, or your brain oh, yeah, tries to protect yeah. you. Yeah, that's yeah. My my brain was like, no, this is probably good. <laughs> this is no. probably. I just can't hear it. <laughs> clearly, yeah. if only no. I could hear it, I know it would be good. Yeah, this wishful is... thinking. The other thing I didn't mention: these cutscenes, all live action. It's actual human beings. Oh god! So you'll get live action, so and bad. then the game will go into animated stuff for all the combat, and then come back to live action this game this game's i'm going to read you something yeah sure it says uh an article on the game informer and it was published on november the 9th in 2018 and says not every game makes it as far as release even the biggest and most successful studios cancel projects when they aren't shaping up those games may never see the light of day but curious gamers can find footage of many abandoned titles online, and the quiet man reminds me of those videos. <laughs> oh, wow. With a mishmash of awful storytelling and mechanics, this narrative-infused brawler plays like a failed proof-of-concept prototype. Even though it has technically released, the quiet man doesn't feel finished. The entire experience is a series of cascading embarrassments that make you wonder how it escaped cancellation. Yeah, yeah, this So this is, yeah. How many bees? This got it's got two. It's got bad and boring because it wasn't broken. It functioned beginning to end, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, I hate this game. Yeah. Out of all the games so far, because you know, I, sometimes I expect you know the sexism and the racism. The but when people just take it to new levels like this, it's just like wow. It's like you're looking for ways to prejudice people for financial gain. Yeah, like you just pick you pick a minority, you pick someone who is not represented, uh, not because you think they should be, and you get them on board, but because you think oh, no one's made a game like this. This is a gap in the market. I can make some money here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you closed down. That's what you get. Oh. Um, no, I don't feel bad because I'm like, this is what should happen. Like, you do something like this, you should not. You sh your audience should banish you from making games because this is not the way to make games. It's a very bad representation of uh, the gaming industry. Because some people make some incredible games, and you know, people who don't have a lot of money, indie developers, they're very good. They're so sensitive. They get those people on board they consult they make sure everything's so well made uh, mostly obviously there's always exceptions but you know you get a little bit something a little bit bigger with a bit more money and they just they come into it with the, all the wrong intentions so i don't like it it's not bad anyway next one andrew i believe this might be your last one i will slightly preface this by saying that this is a slightly special case uh, do you remember in the last episode we talked about the game uh, unearthed uh, trailer of Ibn Battuta mm -hmm. that was made in Saudi Arabia and comparatively to everything else we talked about 
a foreign title, very low budget. So this is another special case like that. So this is not a big Western AAA title, unlike the previous ones, but still. So this is The Last Dead End, and it doesn't have a Metacritic score because there is not... I couldn't even find one professional review wow. of this game. Uh, it came out on PS4. It was made in Azerbaijan. Mm, okay. Uh, by uh, the company AZ Dimension, who've made a few games, uh, this being their biggest release. And it was released in December 2020 for the PS4, oh, but, wow. in, but in May 2018 on PC. Um, clearly very, very, very low budget. My, f my first note was that the music at the start is about 10 seconds and then loops. So you just listen to the same 10 seconds yeah, over and over again? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes, and I think you saw this in the clip that I sent you, sometimes audio will restart during the middle of a sentence, but then it doesn't always have time to finish that sentence before the next line starts. Oh. The English language translation isn't good. In fact, the text translation is pretty good, but the voice acting right, it's not version... Good. Yeah, I mean, again, that clip I sent you, you could tell the difference between what they were saying and what was written. Mm, weren't yeah. always the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The two different companies did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I guess it's like a, it's kind of like a, a horror game, I would say. It's split into two distinct kind of gameplay things. There's like a third person exploration, open world kind of thing that feels a bit like Ibn Battuta. In, in visuals and how it works. Uh, there's just less running and jumping. You're just basically going from one one point to the next point. There's very little to do within that except upset some cats. You'll find cats and then you'll Aww. get near them and they'll hiss at you. And the other part of the game is first-person horror combat bits where you're in a creepy, weird world full of monsters and such. And yes, you, you have... Varying weapons. You have a gun or a melee weapon, that's it. Most of it is just walking down streets, shooting things, and then doing a boss fights. The shooting is very inconsistent in the game. Sometimes you can use the strongest weapon at an enemy and it will go flying. And then sometimes you'll unload all of your ammo into it and it will just shrug and carry on. Boss encounters are quite tricksy because you only have whatever you take into that boss fight with you. There's very little in the way of ammo in those in those spaces. Some of them are a bit more generous. There's one where you have to fight a werewolf. But that area is littered with lots of lots of health and they send kind of zombie monsters at you and they drop ammo and that's a bit easier but there's one where you fight a cyclops and i think there's one health but there's no ammo at all so if you run out of ammo you've just got your sword and it's got quite a vicious swing and it can turn on a dime the general story is that you discover that you are the chosen one to stop evil that's on the rise so each of these bosses that you go through is a minion of of evil so you have to kill each of these things on the way and then you get to the final boss which is a big dragon and then you fight that and then you get two options you can either banish all evil from earth forever and everything looks lovely or you can join said evil and then kind of feel a bit bad about it because the character does. It's like, oh no, what have I done? This is awful now. As in you get a choice? Yeah. Oh wow, okay. Yep. What did you choose? Uh, first time I banished evil, then I <laughs> I did play the entire game a second time for the plat. So I chose... Um, to join evil then at the end? Yes, yes, wow. yes I did. So wow. yeah, I yeah, I played quite a lot of this game. 
Um, I like that game engines are readily available that people with low budgets are able to make games and it's slightly nice that that games like this are able to self-publish onto onto the playstation store and it's out on xbox and pc as well so i like that people have outlets for the, for that but this also harkens back to what you said on the on the last one that some indie devs can just make really good games with very little and i don't think this is a good game made with very little i think their aspirations were, were uh, bigger than their capabilities ouch yeah true but ouch i was gonna say i think there are some people who they're just very talented you know they work together and they obviously they might bring people in every once in a while to do things that they can't do but they mostly just sit there and do it themselves and they're that talented they can hold it down and it might take a little bit longer but they they can get the job done and then some people just can't yeah Um, but you know but also who knows if this is the start of something yeah absolutely um you know like the beginning the first thing you ever do is probably not very good at all but it needs to happen so that you can have a foundation for something else so i wonder if this is something like that yeah i mean i i much like raji the indian game that i played over the summer like i like that this game was made by people in azerbaijan and had elements of its culture like the artistic design of those nonsense buildings was azerbaijani so yeah. i liked so i liked seeing in all yeah the i like right see, i like yeah. seeing people reflecting their world and their experiences in, in what they were making but yeah i i I'd hope i hope they'll take my my money that i spent on this game and they, they're able to put it into something something more interesting so how many bees for this one uh one is bad it, it it's is bad. bad it's bad it's not. It's not good. I did fall out of the world at one point as well. I was, when I was was replaying it, I was trying to get somewhere quite quickly because I obviously knew what was going on. I was like, oh, I'm just going to run through all this nonsense, and I was running down the corridor and didn't turn fast enough and just sort of ran through a wall <laughs> and then just <laughs> fell for a while and then I had to restart the level because um, I didn't stop falling <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to uh, watch I mean- this forever. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Whenever I walk into a wall, I do just fall endlessly. Oh, no. Yeah, things oh, no. and have to come get me. Oh, sorry, Viv. Yeah, so it sounds that's, like it's just... Yeah, that's very triggering life. for you. I'm so yeah, sorry I brought yeah. that up. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I still think that Mind Jack is the worst game on this list as a game to play, but The Quiet Man is is desperately offensive. Yeah, I, I, don't, recommend, I don't recommend that. Anyway, um, let, let us know if you choose to play any of these games now. Let, let us know if Andrew's convinced you to play yeah. any of these terrible games. Yeah. Uh, except for the one he told you not to play. Don't play that one. Yeah, Mind Jack. I mean, unless you unless you have really high stress tolerance. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and a wealth but, yeah. of patience at your disposal. Yes. And those yes. are the terrible games yes. that Andrew's been playing. Yeah. Such epic, such epic um, shit that people have made. Which... If you had to play one of those, which one do you think you would play if you had to? I feel like if I had to, because they some of these are so offensive. Like, Mind Jack I wouldn't play because I think you know me pretty well. I probably wouldn't get through it. Some of them are just really offensive. So I think I could probably get through Lost. Okay. Uh, because it seems like the sort of thing that, you know, it doesn't make sense, but it kind of like does your job for you so if i had to play one terrible game i would play one where i had the least amount of interaction or chance to get annoyed <laughs> um which sounds like by the sounds of it is lost that'll okay. be my final answer because okay. yeah uh it sounds like there's not too much going on there and no, the rest of it just sounds like i wouldn't be able to get i don't have that patience that you have 
I think I could probably sit and watch you play it, but I'm not sure that I, if something's not working or it's just like really offensive, I'll just really lose the love. Um, like if I saw that tampon poster in Duke Nukem, and I just, I just be, it's just like the disappointment alone is a, is enough to make me want to stop playing your game. So. Wait, you don't want to slap wall boobs? <laughs> I'm glad you never asked me what the context for wall boobs were. I mean, I don't. I, to be honest, I didn't want to know. But you can tell. You can tell them just before we head off. Okay. When you're in some area of a uh, lot of alien activity and they've aliened up the whole area, sometimes you'll just find three giant boobs on the wall, and you can just go up and you can slap them, and then milk comes out of them. Andrew. Yes. What are you looking forward to that's coming out? I recently watched a gameplay video for the game The Invincible, which is being made by Starwood Industries. The Invincible is a first-person adventure thriller set in an atom punk world based on Stanislav Lem's iconic science fiction novel by the same name. It's said to be similar to things like Deliver Us the Moon or Moons of Madness that came out reasonably recently. It currently has a 2023 release date for consoles and PC. You can wishlist it on PC at the moment. It just looks really good. Imagine Journey to the Savage Planet, but less of the combat stuff and more kind of first-person exploration-y, adventure type thing. Okay. Look, It looks really pretty. Like, really pretty. You arrive on this planet and you're looking for the previous team that were there and you're finding bits and pieces of knowledge and information about it. You're a botanist, so you can get completely distracted into discovering new plants and new life and things like that and there are robots on the planet and yeah it just it looks lovely and interesting and my sort of thing and it looks like it's less about combat and more about exploration and adventuring but yeah i saw the video it looked good and i was like i'm i'm down for that when do i get to play that mm, that sounds very good Thank you for listening, everyone. We appreciate it very much. If you would like, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter on at Game with Squishy. And if you'd like to support us, you can make a donation for as little as the price of a cup of coffee on our Ko-fi page. And that's ko-fi.com slash the squishy stream. Please join us on our Discord to chat about the show and for some supplemental information from each episode. And if you'd like to ask us a question for the surprise question, you can do so on our Discord or using the hashtag AskASquishy on Twitter. Seen any weird gaming news? Put a link in the Discord and we'd love to see it. We can talk about it in a future episode. Thank you for listening, all you wonderful people. Thank you, Squishies. Bye! Bye! Wish you did.